When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. boy we're going live oh it's the pwb mr bond What's up? See, PWB's already here. Yeah, so this is the first uh, AMA sort of live stream that I'm doing. I mean, I've done stuff like this before. I mean, this was years ago uh, when I was doing the motivational speaking uh, entrepreneur videos and such, but um, I haven't done that since really getting into the Game Master Cyberpunk Uncensored thing. And um, yeah, it was recently sparked by uh, a couple people messaging me over the past months about different things, like me uh, getting my music in the Sirenscape sound sets, and people were like, "Oh shit, you do music? You're in a band?" And um, and then uh, you know, recently people seeing me hanging out with like Tommy Chong or Andy Dick and doing some filmmaking stuff, uh, people were asking me about that and kind of surprised. So I was like, "Fuck," you know. I feel like um, you know the gaming community uh, for me being a game master and everything I've done with Cyberpunk Uncensored. I feel like that whole community doesn't know a lot about me. Uh, my background and all the other things that I do other than just a, a being a game master. And I figured, hey, let's put together a live stream, a sort of AMA. If you want to ask or talk about anything, uh, you know, that you've seen me getting into or doing. Um, I've also got some stories I'll bring up, but I also want to talk about some game master tips and things about Cyberpunk Red. I have a, um, a couple of things I want to go over because I was recently asked uh, um, by a couple people in the Cyberpunk Uncensored Discord um, these reoccurring questions and things that come up, and I figured, hey, let me let me drop this in a video. Um, I, I am still going to make crash course tutorial videos, just like all the ones you see on the Cyberpunk Uncensored YouTube. Um, but I figured doing the live stream, I could answer questions in real time, uh, and I could just you know nail a couple things fairly quick. Um, but before I get into things, uh, let's see. I want to make sure all my shares went out. I'm just sharing the live stream, and anybody watching. Uh, PWB, anybody else, if you guys would share the link around, that would be great. Anywhere online, just to let people know we're live. I'm also going to get my Sirenscape going. Shout out to Sirenscape. They're an official sponsor of Cyberpunk Uncensored. And, uh, you know, they add sounds and elements to, um, you know, gameplay and such. But I've been using them a lot 
uh, even in interviews, the uh, the uh, game master, the GM roundtable, uh, game master tips, and certain other uh, breakdown videos I've been doing. I've been having fun with it, so I want to do that here as well. Um, and I'm going to play the new sound set, the Cyberpunk Block Party sound set, which me and my wife Valerie did a bunch of voiceover work for. Um, Valerie plays Raven the solo in my weekly ongoing game, although we've been taking a mini break on that. Um, but yeah, we did the voiceover work here as well as my music is in there. So let me see, let me bring us right up to the main stage where we can hear everything. Oh, looks like I accidentally crashed my player. I apologize. Already having technical issues. I feel like I'm getting hit by rabbits or some net running shit. What's up, Renegade? What's up, Val? I was just talking about you. Hello, sexy husband, she says. I'll say, hey, my sexy wife. Um, but yeah, I was just talking about the voiceover work that we did uh, for Sirenscape. But yeah, let me see if I can get... Oh, you know what? I think the problem is here. Well, maybe not. Maybe that is that the advanced... Um, I might have the advanced block party one because when we did the voiceover work, we got an advanced. And I don't know if I downloaded the new one. So let's try this one more time. It might glitch out again if it is what I'm, what I'm assuming. It's going so far. Kind of excited that it's working. Oop. I hear music from my past band. Nice. All right, cool. It's working. Yeah, and uh, the music is uh, this one is uh, from my past band, The Roots. Uh, we did a bunch of coin with, with the Warp Tour. We did a bunch of stuff with. Let me turn it down a little. The music's getting really intense. I'm right up at the front of the main stage, and it's loud. Um, but you can see how often Sirenscape is. You put that that main stage, and it's like you're right there at the concert. I love it. <laughs> and then once in a while, you hear uh, uh, you know some voiceover stuff. Um, you know, from me and Val talking shit. You know, like where the, the uh, people up on stage at this festival going on. You know. Um, Oh, couldn't hear me? Do I still need to turn it down? There you go. Should be good now. You should be able to hear me. Um, yeah, it was a little loud. But like I was saying, it, once, once in a while you'll hear, uh, you know, me and Valerie kind of in there talking as if we're the people up on stage putting on the event. Um, yeah, here, I'll drop it up just, just a hair more. Just make sure you, you can really hear me. Um, even though I love rocking out to my, my past music sometimes, especially when it's in a Sirenscape uh, sound set. I really like that. Uh, there we go. All right, cool. Volume should be good now. Um, Techie Rob will be in my next game, PWB says. Nice. Hell yeah. Um, and also, yeah, don't be alarmed. I'm not wearing a, a, a Cyberpunk shirt, even though usually every time I stream, do an interview, crash course tutorial, any of my videos, I wear different Cyberpunk shirts. Um, I'm wearing a Stank Mouth shirt. This is Stank Mouth Loves You. It's from my uh, my first film ever that I got uh, official distribution for. Uh, you can go see it on Amazon Prime right now, I believe. And, uh, oh, see it crash. Yeah, see, I have the advanced uh, version of that sound set, so it's probably going to give me problems, so I'll just leave that. Then that way you, you can hear me better anyways. Um but yeah, and that movie Stankmouth, you can see it's still on Amazon Prime. I think it's on uh, Tubi and you know other apps and things. And uh, and Valerie, my wife, is in it. Uh, 
she's one of the leads. Uh, you can check it out. But yeah, Stankmouth is all about uh, this butt-faced mo uh, monster or mutant or possibly alien. I never got a chance to make part two and kind of reveal uh, the roots of, of Stankmouth, but, uh, but it dabbles a little bit on where he came from. Uh, a little reveal story and stuff in there, and, and, and uh, a lot of gore. But but full disclosure, it's a uh, you know there's B movies and then there's like D movies. <laughs> this is definitely a D. Uh, it goes down. We had like virtually no budget. We shot it in like eight days. Um, it was crazy, crazy story about that. We filmed in this mansion out here in the hills um, that I rented out, and uh, the production designer, this girl, it was her first time doing production design, but she's been on set like a bunch of times. I figured she had the experience, knew what she was doing, um, but when she painted the walls with fake shit and garbage and stuff, uh, you know, hence it being stank mouth, this shitty mouth, butt face character, you know, um, she used stuff that ended up not being water-soluble sol or, or washable off the walls, and we fucked up this mansion's walls, this rentable spot, and this guy was a hookup through the Romero family. I don't know if you're familiar with George Romero, uh, who you know, recently passed away. Um, well, you know, years, not, not recently, not you know, that soon, but he did pass away in the past years, and he pretty much invented zombies. He did Night of the Living Dead, all those original flicks back in the day, but I'm friends with that family because uh, of his son, George uh, uh, Cameron, who now goes by George after his dad passed, I took on his middle name as his, you know, his main title. But um, friends with the family, got in with them, got hookups, you know, to do my first film, and uh, fucked that mansion up, stained it. We had to uh, during the, the the last shoot days when we left the mansion, we had to send part of the crew back to actually clean it and get it all prepped. Um, had to spend more money and time on that that we just didn't have. But, um, but yeah, we pulled off the movie. You'll see. Go check it out. It's fun. It is what it is. It's a lot of gore and shitty tongue-in-cheek humor, literally shitty. Um, and there's some cool cameos. I got Lloyd Kaufman in there from Troma Entertainment. I got UBI from Sess Crew, which is one of Tech Nine's uh, strange music artists. Um, it's a fun flick. Go check it out. But that was my first one that I got actual distribution for. It's called Helitosis, The Legend of Stankmouth. But, um, but yeah, and, uh, and yeah, just about filmmaking. That's why recently I was chilling with, you know, Tommy Chong, Andy Dick. I regularly, you know, I put them in my cannabis themed puppet show and I, you know, hang out with them because of the events and things I've done. Um, also with the things I've done in the cannabis industry is how I met Tommy Chong and helped his brand and business with things. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, I, I work with them. I recently was getting them in a friend's, uh, a couple films that I'm helping produce. And I did uh, some first AD work and I was running a second unit doing some shots. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how that came up. Some people saw me posting pictures, chilling with them. We're just like, holy shit, you're chilling with, you know, Tommy Chong, he's a legend. Or, oh my God, how do you know Andy Dick? He's, I heard he's crazy. And like, um, yeah, it's, it's what you think. You know, Tommy Chong is a cannabis legend. Andy Dick is fucking crazy. But yeah, they're friends, uh, you know, with me and Val. We've been friends with the, the Chong family for years now and, um, and friends with Andy Dick for years now. When we first came out to L.A., uh, we ran into him at a convention. Um, I, I joke with him because I've met him, uh, I, I, I've met him like, I don't know, eight or ten times in the first couple years of coming to L.A., and every time I met him was like the first time I joke with him. It was like that movie, Fifty First Dates or whatever that shit is, where the girl kept losing her. You know, she had that problem where she couldn't remember things the next day. I feel like that's how Andy Dick was back then. He was especially crazy, like on drugs and all kinds of shit, and, uh, and he wouldn't remember. I was running the marketing for the L.A. Exchange downtown L.A., uh, this huge mega club, 
and uh, we booked big events. I did a big uh, freeze mob there. You can see it. We got over a half a million views. Um, it's on my other YouTube channel, not Cyberpunk Uncensored, but the Robert Mulligan YouTube channel. You can go check that out. It's like my music and viral stuff shit I've done in the past. But um, but yeah, I ran in, I would run into Andy. We first met him at a convention. He took over a booth of somebody that didn't show up, just wrote his name on a piece of paper, Xeroxed some pictures from his cell phone, was selling them. I just went up, met him, started chatting. Uh, but then I started meeting him at different clubs and after parties when I was running the marketing uh, for that mega club, the, LA, the Exchange LA downtown. And every time I would meet him, it was like, oh, nice to meet you. Hey, what's up? And like, you know, like, I was like, dude, I've met you like a hundred times. What's up? And it, I don't know, it took a while. And then it finally set in. And when I started working with him in, in the film industry and kind of getting him involved with my, my puppet show and other projects and just talking to him about things, I had him do a cannabis event too. Um, also hooked him up with a brand thing where uh, uh, he might be coming out with a dickweed brand. But um, but all kinds of stuff. And once I started really working with him, then he remembered me, me and Val. Now we're, we're very friendly. We get along. We chill and stuff. But I always tease him about, uh, you know, the first uh, bunch of times that I, I met him the first for the first time, many times, you know. Um, but yeah, let's get into uh, and anybody anybody watching, you know, this is live. If you have any questions or whatever, you can put them there. I'll, I'll touch base on anything. Like I said, anything that has to do with, uh, you know, filmmaking or being a musician, also entrepreneur. I run multiple businesses uh, that have failed and succeeded. Uh, that's the process of being an entrepreneur. We can talk about that as well. I'm um, also training. I've done some physical training for people and helping with like physical therapy um, stuff, mainly online with friends and people that I've worked with. Um, but most importantly, I'd like to talk about cyberpunk. So like I said, anytime you can ask questions, uh, this is a complete Ask me anything, doesn't matter, totally down to just chat. Uh, but I do want to address some questions that I've been uh, seeing posted in the Discord and in the Cyberpunk Uncensored group on Facebook. I saw some people asking about some of these things, um, and I want to go over them. Uh, let's see, let me bring them up here. Oh, okay, well, luckily I wrote them down too. All right, I guess it's not the newest file. All right, well, there's a few questions here. Um, the first thing I, I keep seeing people post is they're always like complaining about Cyberpunk Red needing more stuff. They want more, you know, weapon details and, and just more weapon options, uh, maybe more gears, cyberware, whatever. Everyone talks about all the 2020 Chromebooks and, you know, supplements and stuff. Well, let's not forget 2020 had a lot more time. Uh, you know, Red just fucking came out, so just be patient. We know that, you know, uh, Chrome Black is coming out, plus Rust, Chrome Rust they talked about. But there's going to be things that, you know, new things that you're, they're, they're going to release, and as, as time goes, it will expand, and it'll, it'll become just as rich as 2020 was. You just have to, you know, be loyal to the system, be loyal to Red, promote it, have fun with it, and give it time. Give it some time. It's brand new, and I guarantee you're going to get more and more options. But till then... Everyone forgets about the tech role. A tech can invent and fabricate. So you can pretty much make anything. Uh, so if you have a problem with not enough weapons, not enough gear or things from 2020, if you see it in 2020, you, you know you've got, you can create the blueprints, the logistics from that and basically inv you know, invent it in red. Uh, based on what you know about that item in 2020. Bring it into there. Go over it with your GM. He'll be able to help you make it balanced and have it make fair sense for red. And then you can fabricate it, you know, invent it and then fabricate it. And then you've got it. So if you can't wait for all the new chromes, you're not patient enough, you know, to give red time to breathe and expand and grow, um, just 
fucking grab what you want from 2020. Uh, find your local tech, be a tech, however, go hire a tech, you know what I mean? And uh, invent and fabricate whatever you want. Um, hey, what's up, Eric? I see you just came into chat, or maybe you've been here, and uh, now, you're, now you're typing into chat, so I see you. Um, you say, I mean, how hard is it to take Black Hand's street weapons guide and use for the red? Exactly, yeah, and you've seen uh, RTG, our Talsarian Games, they put out that, uh, what was it, old, old Guns Never Die, did I get that right? I don't know, whatever they called it. Uh, they have the whole conversion thing that they put out, like, here's how we do our price brackets and why would they have it that way, like, you know, yeah, they simplified it into like, you know, 10, 50, 100,000, and it's like, you know, cheap, costly, premium, whatever, but they have it that way so they can have it in categories and expand it beyond just price. Now it's in categories that can make sense for a tech to have to fix it, to be able to invent or fabricate something of, of equivalent price bracket. Um, it can come into play depending on a fixer because anything above premium you need the hookup for, a, a black market situation. So all of it makes sense to the crunch that's now in, inherently uh, incorporated into the system. I don't know if that made sense. I was, felt like a run-on as I was doing it. I almost wanted to stop myself during it, but <laughs> but I went with it. Uh, hopefully you get you get the point. Uh, just like uh, body type modifiers, it's kind of built in now that it's you know body and will and it's a whole table and they've kind of in, they've incorporated some of the crunch from 2020 into um, the the crunch that you're working with. So it's not like it's not there. You've just got to be creative with how you're doing it, or you've just got to understand that they've built it into whatever part you know, you're worried about or whatever. Like I said, just have faith, have fun with it. And then also don't forget that at any moment you can always homebrew or change things, you know, numerous times, you know how our, our Talsorian is, it says it right in the rule book, like, you know, make the game your own. Like they have no problem with you homebrewing and manipulating things if you see it a certain way in your game. So there really is no reason to complain when I see people online like, oh, this and that, like, fuck it, man. Like they give you full agency on top of which it's, it's, built into the system with some of these things that I see people complaining about. I mean, some things you can legitimately, legitimately complain about. Um, and I understand that like some things are completely different than what you were used to, but again, give it time to breathe. It's a brand new game. You got to just give it some time for, you know, new things to come out. Um, but anyways, that's what I wanted to kind of talk about when people were, were saying there's not enough stuff, you know, the guns, the whatever, mod that work with the tech, you know, go to RTG and see that, Old guns never die and convert things that, that you want to use, you know? Um, the other thing I saw uh, people posting and somebody messaged me about, um, you know, ironically, it was right after the uh, Sirenscape weekly stream that they do with uh, Phil uh, from Roll the Cast. He's the GM there. Um, they're doing it every Thursday, although they, I think they canceled this past week. They had some issues. I think a player couldn't make it or something. Um, but it was right after I, I saw an episode. Uh, it was live and they were doing Pathfinder and I think... Phil was confused about uh, uh, how Pathfinder worked in the system and what you can see and how deep it can go. And someone chimed in chat about how it could work. I think it was Greg from How to Drink, um, who's also a streamer. He runs the uh, High Tech Low Life on uh, on uh, Twitch, uh, doing the gameplay every week. I think he's doing Tuesdays, I want to say. But um, but anyways, and he explained how it worked. And they're like, ah, we're not worried about crunch right now. We're just, you know, we're, we're moving forward. It's more role play and you know, which I totally understand when you stream the game, you don't want to spend a lot of time debating or looking up rules. You want to go with the GM. And if you feel it wasn't right, maybe at the end of the stream, you go back and you're like, ah, shit. Okay, cool. Let me amend that. I'll mention it next stream and moving forward. We're doing it that way every time. Anyways, that went down and it was right after that. I saw somebody, uh, uh, posted in the discord or, uh, no, they, sorry, they messaged it to me in the discord. 
um, asking about Pathfinder. Um, and I actually referenced uh, that chat. Um, I'm pretty sure that's where they, they saw it and maybe were questioning it from. But yeah, it works exactly, I think, how Greg explained it there. Um, it, it has to do with, you know, your role. You know, when you do Pathfinder, you roll your 1d10 plus your interface. Whatever you get, you can see all the way into the system um, up until you hit, you know, a password, um, some type of DV that's higher than what you rolled. So, like, if your interface, for instance, is 4 and you roll a 4 on a 1d10, so you got an 8, um, you know, you're going to see all the way down in the system past every DV that's eight or lower, but anything above that is going to kind of stop your pathfinder. You're not going to see beyond that. That's a great way to do it. That's how you should, should do it. It kind of regulates, uh, you know, how you're playing out the pathfinder based on the role and that strength. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll put a little bit of homebrew on that. Like I'll just kind of, you know, I won't be, and it's not all the time, but sometimes I won't be that strict. Like if it's a certain system and there's a lot going on, I know I put a lot of black ice and they're looking for a particular thing. I know most control nodes and files and shit are at the bottom. You got to get through, you know, all the things to get to the goodies, you know. Um, if I know it's that elaborate or it's going to be that big of a hassle, sometimes I'll I'll, uh, I'll be a little bit flexible. I won't go exactly like, okay, shit, I got a DV of a, a nine there and they rolled an eight or they got a nine or whatever, you know, but that was great. You know, their, their rank is this, they rolled this, which is actually higher than average. You get my point. Like if it's a good high roll, I might be a little more rewarding as a GM. And that's up to a GM. Like I said, you can always do whatever you want. And I'll, I'll kind of play that session to session uh, when it comes to that. But ultimately, Pathfinder, you just want to kind of have it be gauged by the, the DVs and what the role was. Uh, let's see. The last one was, oh, I see people uh, asking a lot about stat boosting because they know about how you can boost skills. Anybody confused about that? You can check out the uh, the uh, improvement po uh, points Cyberpunk Red Crash Course tutorial video that I have on the Cyberpunk Uncensored uh, YouTube. Um, I go over how IP works and, and you know, improving your skills. But uh, people have been asking, like, oh, can you not increase your stats? Like, how do you increase, like, you know, reflex, empathy, dexterity, you know, your stats? And you really can't do that with IP. It's not, you know, IP is, is strictly for skills. Um, and, you know, your rank, uh, you can increase your rank. It's it's much more costly, um, as it should be, because ranks are way more dynamic than just a skill. But um, but when it comes to stats, you can't do that with IP. But everyone uh, tends to not remember or realize or, or think about the fact that you can increase stats using, uh, you know, cyberware, drugs, uh, therapy. Um, so like empathy, you know, if you need to get some back, you can do therapy and, and work on your humanity and get your, a little bit of empathy back, which will help the skills that are subsidiary to that or, or attached to that. So that's a one way. Uh, cyberware, you know, there's speedware. There's, uh, and that'll give you, uh, you know, a boost to your initiative, which is kind of like increasing your reflex, at least specifically to initiative. Not that that's a particular skill. Uh, if you think about it that way, it's kind of locked into your your reflex, you know, how quick you, you can get a jump on a situation. Um, and, and then think about the drugs that do that as well, you know, just like speedware. Uh, you know, there's drugs that can increase certain things like like reflex and give you that, that kind of hyped up moment like synth coke, you know. It comes with, with some problems. You could fail the DV for resist torture and drugs, and now you're addicted and that could kind of fuck you up. But um, but that's one way, you know, to look at raising stats. And then also within cyberware, look at like linear frames and like uh, 
what is it, uh, muscle grafting and bone lace. You know, you can you can increase your body, which um, increases. Uh, think of all the skills attached to body that have to do with strength and endurance and all that shit, as well as it it can it, that'll increase your HP. Um, so yeah, there's cyberware, there's drugs, there's therapy. So when you want to mess with your stats, don't forget that you have those options as well as within that those that cyber those cyberware options, the drug options, you know. Um, not so much with therapy, but within the drugs and the cyberware, you can still talk to like med techs and uh, techs and possibly invent and fabricate and create uh, things that maybe aren't exactly there if you don't want to wait. Um, yeah, let me see. Hey, what's up, Rue Shady? I see you're there in the chat. Uh, it says, remember you as a GM are more a showrunner than an arbiter. Do whatever is needed to entertain. Exactly. And depending on your players, you need to do something that bends a little, you know, bends the rules a little is what he's saying. Yeah. And PWB agrees with that. I agree with that too. Exactly. You know, um, not everything is just black and white. If you go, you know, strict by the rules and there's nothing wrong with that, the game will be good, you know, fine. Uh, and still fun, but you as that sort of GM that is a showrunner and kind of making sure that, you know, whatever is needed happens to entertain it's, it's going to be even more fun. Now, that's not to say that you're not just crazy. Yeah, what do you want? You get money. You get weapons. You get that. What do you want? You killed, yeah, you killed him. You're amazing. Isn't this fun? Like, don't be completely, uh, you know, a pushover by any means. But the idea there is to make it entertaining. Like, if something outside of the rules or if you have to bend the rules to make a situation more exciting, more dynamic, more options uh, for the players so they feel like they have more agency, go for it. Like, if it's going to be more entertaining and make it a better game, Fuck yeah, do it. Like, that's that's your job as a GM. And I think that's a great point, uh, Rue Shady, to, to bring that up. Um, but yeah, and that goes with, with any of this stuff. You know, if, if you need more stuff and you, you don't want to work with a tech to invent uh, and fabricate or you're working with drugs, cyberware, therapy or whatever to fuck with your stats or whatever, uh, you know, talk to the GM. Uh, just be creative. Uh, and I'm sure as long as it's balanced, you know, makes fair sense It'll be okay. Um, let's see. Eric says, GM balance has always been difficult. Needs to be in between rule lawyer and pushover. Exactly. You know, and that's what it is. You know, I think that's the idea of a good GM is making it challenging but still rewarding. Like there's got to be repercussions to actions. Like whatever a player does. I do a, a GM tips video about that. Um, you know, and it's... It, it, you really do have to find that balance, but the, but it has to be real. You know, you want to be challenging as a GM. It's your job to present problems and situations in this open world. So they have full agency, but these problems and situations give a little bit of direction, right? Um, and within that, you got to find some balance. You want to <clears throat> be rewarding, but not a pushover. You want to be challenging, but not a rule lawyer um, that locks you in uh, to one style of play. Yeah. And, I mean, hopefully I get this name right. Uh, Kayla Dryle. Kayla Dryle. K-E-L-A-D-R-Y-E-L. Sorry about that if I got it wrong. Style over substance, 100%. I'll much more likely help players do something cool looking, but I'm not going to bend over backwards to get your character average stats of 8 plus. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, you know, and again, it's right there like uh, like Eric was saying, like we all agree, you know, it's that finding that 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 balance, you know what I mean? And, um, and I agree, style over substance. And it's always about that. Cyberpunk is about that. You know, it has enough rules. Um, and now I feel 
uh, like I said, even better than 2020 because now it's not so much crunch that you're away from that style. You know, you're away from the role playing too long. Not not even not even to get into net running. I mean, obviously they streamline the fuck out of that. It's amazing, but uh, but you, you know what I mean. Now it's like a lot of these rules, the cruncher, like I said, built in. They've done certain things to combine and make it a bit more streamlined where it needs to be, a bit expanded where it needs to be to drive more role play, more direction over you know style over substance. But there's enough there built in, um, and within the crunch that's there, I feel to you know it's it's fair. It's all there. It's a functional game, obviously. Um, but yeah, yeah, hundred percent style over substance. You can always bend things and just have fun. Uh, PWB says, I find the pacing of the story is an important factor. Um, I give 10 minutes of inner player conferencing before I press the point with, <clears throat> before I press the point with two children and a rocket propelled grenade <laughs> grenade. Yeah, exactly. And I think you've seen when you tune into my live streams, I, I do that too. You know, if, uh, if players are, talking, making their plan in a situation a little too long, I might just, you know, chime in like, okay, hey, while you guys were thinking about this or talking, this happened, you know, I'll almost kind of skip some turns and let that NPC react a little more because while they're sitting there like, oh shit, should we do this? Oh, maybe grab that. Okay. Well, I don't know about, it's like, fuck man, like you, you want to give a little bit of time because it, it, not everything is in game. A little bit of that conversation and thought process might be out of game, not character, but player, but you don't want to put so much there that it's not feeling real. The pacing isn't right. It doesn't feel like you're immersed in this world that's reactionary to your actions. And you have to do that with a little bit of, uh, of, uh, uh, flexibility or whatever, you know, getting, getting close, but not passing that point of becoming a pushover. Uh, like we, like we mentioned earlier. Um, so I, I totally agree. Uh, PWB, Mr. Bind, if you're, if you're nasty, uh, you know, you, you want to watch the pacing. Um, I tend to, I tend to go uh, uh, a little bit one way or another, depending on uh, session feel. You know, like how it's, you know, at what moment am I within the session? If I know there's going to be some, some good action coming up, or, or a, a twist, a plot twist, or a possible arc or something, I might slow it a little and build build up to that to make that a more punctuated moment, if that makes sense. Um, without slowing too much that it gets boring, you got to be careful because sometimes if you give full agency and you kind of back the pacing off a little, sometimes players will do like you said, they'll they'll talk a little too much, they'll second guess their actions and their decisions a little too much. Um, so you, you need to find that fine line where you're like pushing them in a direction, but giving them full agency um, and, and then also like reminding them of other things going on. I tend to, in my games, have multiple things going on you know there'll be layers there'll be like a, a main mission or idea but then some other things that have gone on or are going on behind the scenes or behind the curtain and maybe they've picked up on some maybe they have picked up on none but my point is is that sometimes i have to remind players or, or like reiterate certain things or like a memory comes in or something you know a certain flash of something else like oh and don't forget you know you've got this going on that going on this going on and you're also doing this so what are you guys doing right now and I'll kind of lay it all in order so nothing seems more important than the other. But I make sure that, you know, not characters, but the players don't forget certain things. Because in real life, you know, real life, in the immersed world of the role play, you know, the characters would probably remember that sort of stuff. So I want to give the players a little bit of that. Um, and then sometimes I'll do an intelligence uh, check um, just to see if players remember. In a recent stream, I had them get an address to a ripper dock where they had to go get this girl a whole new life. Um, and she was trying to avoid the fixer named Kid. And, uh, uh, you know, I had them each roll a 1d10. If it met 
you know, uh, if it was higher than their intelligence, uh, then they uh, wouldn't remember. If it was their, their intelligence or lower, um, then they would remember that that address actually uh, was this ripper doc they've been to in the past. That kid did a night market, that fixer did a night market that they went to, and that's where they had to go to get their cyberware installed. Um, so that ripper doc worked with the same fixer they were trying to avoid, but I did an intelligence check as a sort of memory thing to see if they would remember that. Um, so that's one way to do it too, if you don't want to just kind of give the players a reminder. Um, and then, yeah, let me see, you say Rushiti, convert red net running to 2020. No, <laughs> no. convert red net running. Um, oh, that's, yeah, have them play a solo. It's more fun. I'm having a new player that chose Netrunner as her first character on CP2020. Oh, okay, now I see where that question was going. Yeah, Rue, if, if uh, you have a new player and they chose Netrunner in 2020, that might be a bit difficult. It is way different than Red. Red streamlined it a lot. But it also depends. Are you playing with a full group? Um, I would definitely suggest, like uh, um, Eric said, maybe go with a solo, Nomad, something else if it's a team of people. Um, because in 2020, you have a Netrunner. You get into net running and all that shit, and man, it really pulls the game away from all the players, and it, it just it can slow things down for everyone that's not a net runner. So that's something to consider. Um, I would I would definitely look into red. Um, and Eric says uh, Kid is a great character, really a cool fixer. Yeah, I'm really really proud of Kid. <laughs> yeah, I created him as a fixer that's like young and upcoming, but you know maybe got a little bit ahead of himself because he's so dangerous and shit like he's got more hookups than his rank typically might have or maybe came up the ranks a little faster because of pushing some experiences and shit that you know um, but he's a dangerous young guy kind of a loose cannon um, but has a lot of hookups and I, I like his attitude and then of course I give him that uh, that New York accent and shit I love doing you know I have all these uh, you know well a handful of good accents I love throwing in there and shit and I love my I, I love my my shitty New York guy um, and kids like the epitome of that. I will start every conversation when he's talking to Onrio because he's from Onrio, the Netrunner's life path. He's the one that like wants Onrio to work for him exclusively, but he's always like, hey, Onrio, baby. You know, he's always starting like hyped up and shit. You can tell he's just hyped up, motherfucker. I love him. <laughs> uh, PWB, I found myself doing a lot of cool checks like your in, in intellect check. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, and I've done that too. I've, uh, I've done uh, cool checks when players, you know, and I love when players want to describe their actions in detail, like not just like, okay, cool, I'm going to jump up over there. I'm going to, I'm going to kick that guy. I love when they're like, all right, cool, I'm going to kind of like run up the side of the, the hallway and do my kick. Or like I'm going to kind of like jump up there, but I want to kind of like do it backwards while, while making eye contact with the other guy and just like looking at, you know, and like, be like all right, cool. Like, you know, you, you got to do your normal athletics check for something that'll elaborate your, your uh, martial arts for that kick. But because you're doing something cool with it, yeah, let's do a cool check and just see if you pull it off. And no matter what, like if they did that martial arts and it was successful, like you got the kick. You did the athletics check to, you know, jump up and do whatever. But it's the cool check to see how it looked. So like no matter what, you did it. But did it just look normal and eh, kind of boring? Or was it really fucking cool? <laughs> so I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, and then PWB, you followed up with, have you ever used Andy Dick as a character? Oh, that's funny. Uh, that's funny that you mentioned that. Um... I've got a, a weekly ongoing that I'm going to be starting up uh, the end of March uh, with another company. Um, I can't really announce it yet. Uh, maybe some people have seen me post um, online about applying to be a player for my my upcoming weekly ongoing. Um, that's that's not going to be streamed on the Cyberpunk Uncensored Twitch or YouTube. It's working with another brand, but um, but yeah, I'm uh, I I talked to them about. 
you know, possibly working in some celebrity cameos like that, even if it's just a little video, like if they're not going to sit down and play a whole session or get into it, I mean, just getting like little videos of uh, like Andy Dick, for instance, having them, uh, you know, play the leader of a poser gang called the Dicks or something, you know, and he's just like, you know, fuck you guys. I know what you're up to. I'm coming to get you. My team's going to get you. Fuck you. You know, just have him be Andy Dick, but like on camera for the game, like, you know, I'll feed him some lines and just film it next time I'm chilling with them and then incorporate it into a set. So like, I've totally thought of that, uh, PWB. I'm, I'm, I'm with it. It's just, uh, it's just working it out, you know, of when I, when I'm actually hanging out with these people. Um, cause a lot of these, the celebrities I work with, at least in the, the, film side or whatever it's usually when i'm working with them you know filming something um andy dick's a little bit different uh hang with him sometimes like to go out and do things or whatever um so that might that might be a little different but Tom, tommy is usually we're productive when we hang there there's uh in the in the recent year anyways uh, pandemic and post pandemic it's been you know planned sort of hangouts and stuff you gotta remember he's t- you know 82 years old so uh you know, limited time, but, uh, but I've totally thought of that as uh, some celebrity things and some musicians I work with, maybe having them send me a video I can incorporate into a session. I think that would be really cool. Uh, let's see. Uh, I wish Renegade says, I wish Val Mulligan, my wife had killed him. I know a fixer who'd love to take his place. Yeah. Yeah. We had that session, uh, and Raven was like across the way while the team was in there, but she like, but nobody wanted to be seen by Kid the Fixer, you know? It's like he's showing up because of that girl. They're trying to get her a new identity. Coupler was even trying to avoid him and go out the back. And luckily, the, his team was fucking with him. Kid didn't even see him. He was waiting by the car. Uh, Val, who plays Raven the Solo, was like popping up, taking shots and <laughs> hiding back, you know, way across the way. Um, but yeah, and then when she shot him, he and, uh, you know he wasn't really feeling like hanging out because he couldn't see where it was coming from. And then, uh, you know, the guys announced that Janice, uh, well, what he thought was Janice, which her real name was Alexis, was killed. Um, so when he knew that, he was like, fuck it, all right, clean up, no witnesses, boys, I'm out. The team didn't hear that. Nobody has audio, cyber audio, no one had a good enough perception. He was out there. I said, hey, kid said something and left. And they're like, he just left his guys? Oh, my God. And I was like, yeah, he said something and left. But that's what he was. You know, he got shot. He knew that the girl was dead, so he was like, fuck it. He wanted to get out of there. He's like, boys, no witnesses. Like, his guys were all going to clean it up, you know, and get out of there their own way. Like, he's just a dirty fixer like that, you know? Um, yeah, and I see uh, uh, Val giving the flex symbol uh, emoticon <laughs> there in the chat. Yeah, uh, at least Val hit him, you know? I think that's, you know, one of the first times Kid has taken uh, a hit or a little bit of damage in a long time. <laughs> and Val says, I'll, I'll, I'll get him next time. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, hopefully we'll be getting back into uh, Team Nameless sometime soon. The problem is um, the past weeks I had a lot of prep stuff for this upcoming one. I'm going to start at the end of March, as well as some other work I'm prepping. I'm, uh, me and Valerie are working on a big film uh, in May. Yeah, May and June, I think it is. Uh, May and the, the beginning of June. Uh, we're, it's in L.A. for all of May, and then like the beginning of June we're in uh, Indiana, Fort Wayne. We're flying out there to film. Um, so yeah, Team Nameless is, you know, I had to take a break the previous week. I think this upcoming week I'm doing it again. I think I'm gonna have to put it on a break until after, uh, the filming, uh, when I get back and back into that new weekly ongoing, then I can jump back into Team Nameless. Um, might have to make it like a bi-monthly. Hopefully I can slide it into a weekly. Um, but that's the plan. I I do want to get in. I want to give some closure. There's some things that, I was working on, working towards, and juggling some side arcs and things 
and uh, and I want to get there, you know. And I'm sure some of the team wants to kind of see, um, you know, where some of these things were headed. Uh, yeah, and I see uh, Ruth says next time will be the last one. Yes, <laughs> I think ta talking about a, a Raven taking out Kid. Uh, and Eric says, here, here is my question. Always wanted to GM my own game, 2020 or red, but do you not feel confident in understanding all the rules inside and out? Any advice? I do not want to be the guy who has to look in the book and kill the momentum of the game. Yeah, I, I totally know that feeling. And it happens to everybody. It happens to every GM. I mean, like, look how I was just mentioning uh, Phil doing the weekly stream for RTG with Sirenscape, and even he fumbled up the Pathfinder, but he kept going, you know? And the other guy was like, ah, oh, no, this is how it works in the chat, but they kept going. They wanted to keep the momentum. I think the way to do that is, look, you're never going to be like, I, I've memorized it inside and out. I'm not going to forget or mix up any rules. I am a human encyclopedia of Cyberpunk Red or 2020 or whatever. It's never going to be perfect. You're, you, there's always going to be something you might have forgot or you thought a DV was this when really it was that. You thought this was going to take this long and it should have taken that long. And like, you know, there's always going to be something. Don't stress over that shit. Like, Read the book, learn the rules, watch, uh, you know, live game, actual gameplay, you know, go watch some of my gameplay in Cyberpunk Uncensored. Look how much better from like my season one and my original 2020 Red Hybrid, but prior to getting the advanced copy of Red, look how those games were compared to now. Look at how the seasons progressively get better and better. You're constantly going to get, you know, you're going to progress as a GM. Um, so I would say don't wait. Don't let the anxiety get you. Like, it's never going to change. Like, anytime you stream or you play with a team or you do any of that, uh, you know, you're going to get a little sweaty or nervous. All eyes are on you. You're running the game. It's going to be like that, like, you know. Um, but that being said, just get into it. It's always going to be like that. So fuck it. Just do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, and if you and one thing I always uh, tell the players, like, if we get to a point where, like, you disagree with the rules, by all means, if you have the book open and you're like, actually, right here, it's this. I have no problem like, oh, okay, yeah, I got that wrong. And this is like this. Most of the time what I say is just go with whatever I say. I'm the GM. Um, I'm going to, to the best of my ability, try to remember the exact rules and play it out that exact way. But if you disagree, you can say something, but don't beat a dead horse. We're not going to debate it during a live stream or during gameplay, whether stream or not. I tell players like, you know, if I say something you think it's wrong, by all means, like, oh, no, actually this is like this. But if I go, no, no pretty sure it's like this. This is how we're doing it. And it's, oh, okay. And then after the stream, after the game, we can look it up and spend the time and go, hey, this is actually, it was a, a little wrong. You know, I, actually, I don't need those. I'm not doing Sirenscape, but like, uh, you know, I've looked it up and I've got, uh, you know, I found it on this page and, the, you know, we were wrong. You were wrong. I was right. This is how it, as a GM, you should have no problem just, um, you know, backtracking and saying, yeah, you know, I got that wrong. Um, next stream, I'll mention it. Hey, last time we did that a little wrong. Maybe I won't even mention it. But my point is, is once you figure that out, moving forward, we're doing it that way. But during game, go with the GM. And this is whether you're a player or, or a GM. I would recommend talking to the players about that. If you're a player um, and the GM hasn't mentioned that, maybe just do that anyways. You know, if the GM does something and you disagree, maybe mention it. If they say, no, no, it's like this, don't argue. Don't slow down the pacing. Fuck up the game. Just keep moving forward. Have fun. Um, and that's the other thing. Look at, uh, I did a video, the number one rule in, uh, you know, doing a role-playing game, and that is have fun. Um, so, yeah, I would definitely say, uh, um, you know, Eric, uh, don't hesitate. Get into it. Uh, play. And, um, you know, just do the best that you can. You know, read the book. Know the rules. 
But uh, but if something if you don't remember a, a certain rule, go with the the best memory that you have of that rule. You know what I mean? And then look it up at the end and backtrack or whatever. Um, uh, but definitely talk you know talk to the players uh, prior and let them know, hey, this is how we're doing it. Um, I don't want to slow down the momentum. I'm going to do the, the best that I can. But the idea here is that we're going to have fun. We're going to keep the pacing kind of. We're going to keep it moving forward. Let's just keep having fun. Um, and then we can always go back and discuss rules after the game's over and fix things. You know. Um, let's see. Yeah, and uh, I see uh, PWB says I'm hesitant to GM as well. Yeah, see, it's a big thing. A lot of people are uh, are hesitant, you know, because it's the spotlight's on you. You know what I mean? Um, I I was a little bit, uh, I don't know, easier to get into it. I think because of my music career, honestly, like getting up on stage in front of thousands of people, spotlight directly on me. Like fuck, man. Like I used to throw up sometimes before going out on stage, literally. And then uh, I'd have sometimes like you know going crazy on stage, headbanging, singing, just going nuts. And then after we'd get done, I would throw up sometimes. Um, but after doing that for so many years and touring and just whatever, um, I've just built in this sort of stage presence, you know. Um, Jay Gray from Artel Sorian Games, when I first met him, uh, you know, when he first decided like, hey, I checked you out, you, you can have an advanced copy of Red. I was like so excited. Um, and then I had him on an episode, you know, an interview, and he was like, yeah, I got to tell you, you know, you have really good stage presence as a GM. Uh, and it's those words, stage presence. I think that's, you know, I get it from my past music career. Um, if you haven't noticed, all the cyberpunk uncensored videos are unedited, 100% live off the top of my head. You know, I'll, I'll make some some little brief notes you can see here. Um, but by all means, that's just to make sure I don't forget a certain thing. You know, I really don't write things out. Um, look at the GM tips. Look at all my crash course videos. Um, I do it off the top of my head because I know my shit and I'm confident. Um, and you know, and if I do fumble up something, I have no problem going in and amending it. You know, I'll add it to the description. I'll make a new video, whatever it takes, but it rarely happens. Um, I just, I've got that stage presence. And like I said, I think it comes from my history, but there's no way to build that up other than just diving in. Um, so again, uh, PWB, Eric, any, anybody, uh, Rue, anybody, um, or yeah, I think it was Eric, whoever's nervous about GMing, like, like I said, just dive in, you know, read the book, learn, learn things as well as you can watch other actual play, watch, you know, my live streams, the other GMs we have on the cyberpunk uncensored YouTube and, and see how it goes, you know, and, and the more you do it, the more comfortable you'll get. Uh, Renegade says, look up look up the Game Master tips and the rules tutorials of Cyberpunk Uncensored YouTube. Exactly. Yep. Thanks for reiterating that, man. I, I really appreciate you. Um, uh, yeah, Renegade plays in my uh, monthly ongoing uh, one-shot. They are one-shots in that each session stand, can stand alone. There's no cliffhangers, but the lore, the characters, everything carries over, so it is ongoing, even though it's treated like a one-shot. Ruth says, I was thinking of giving her character um, as the... Uh, giving her character as the carding and identity robber more than a full matrix master Bartmas style. Yeah, yeah. Whatever you can do to, to like, if you have to do twenty twenty, maybe homebrew a little bit. You know, pull it a little bit towards red if you want to, or twist it up to to tone back a little bit of the diving into net running net running twenty twenty style because that will pull things away from uh, the other players. It will slow down the pacing. A lot of a lot of GMs myself included and other GMs that I played with when I first started Cyberpunk and got into 2020, avoided netrunning. We wouldn't even have a netrunner uh, because it's just so slow and so fucked up comparatively, you know, to, to how Red streamlined it. Uh, you know, it'd always be an NPC sort of descriptive, like, let me just round up how that went. All right, blah, blah, blah. All right, cool. You guys got that. Back to the game. That's how 2020 was when it came to netrunning for most GMs. 
let's see. Even even Talsor Tal Ellisi, Kayla Dryle. Tell me if I'm saying that name right. Correct me. I don't know. I hate being a dick and saying <laughs> saying it wrong. You know. Uh, Kayla Dryle says even Talsorian staff aren't running things by the book when running things. Exactly. I mean, we've seen even I, I even saw uh, Mike Pondsmith doing a video with uh, Mad Queen, and she even corrected him about some lore. I've seen. Uh, all his live streams, the ones with uh, Matt, Matthew Lillard in particular. Um, uh, Matt Lillard is actually, um, at the time he was helping with our script, our, our game shop script. We did some table reads and such with him. That's how I got friendly with knowing him and even became more of a fan uh, through that. But um, saw him on those live streams. And yeah, you know, Mike even kind of, uh, uh, I think, said a couple of things wrong, some of those DVs and such. But they, they could have also changed. They were That was during the time that they were getting up to releasing Red, so you never know. But it's true. I mean, you'll see uh, James run run games, James Hutt and, and such on others. And, uh, you know, no one is perfect. Uh, you know, being a GM is not perfect, just like being a player. Nothing is perfect in life. Look at life. Life is fucked up, so don't even stress it, man. Just get into it. If you want a GM, GM, you know. And once you get into it, if you're having fun, uh, you get comfortable uh, doing it. Your players are comfortable. Everyone's role-playing, and it, it seems entertaining and fun. Uh, hit us up. We're always down to uh, to stream or VOD other GMs. You'll see we, we have some that we stream live and then VOD. We have some that go straight to VOD on the YouTube. Uh, but I love showcasing as much gameplay as possible uh, from all GMs. Uh, that was the original idea with creating the Cyberpunk Uncensored brand. I didn't want to make it just, you know, GM Rob Mulligan, like all about me, 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 look at me. Uh, you know, like even though I'm kicking out bunch of series and tips and videos. I'm just a hypermanic style person, you know? I'm intense and, and I'm just a creative firestorm. Um, but uh, the whole idea with that is I made it cyberpunk uncensored. Uh, not uncensored to be like rated R, pervy, cuss words, all that. It was uncensored in the, in the sense that there's no gatekeeping. There's, uh, you know, whether it's 2020, red, um, I don't care if it's about artwork, cosplay, the video game. I just anything and everything cyberpunk. And that's what the idea of Cyberpunk Uncensored was. And within that, I wanted the brand to showcase other GMs, other series. If you go to my podcast, you'll see how many different things I was doing when I first started before I got fully into doing all videos. Um, but yeah, anyways, I'm getting off topic. Let me see. Um, okay, PWB, I think being consistent in your rulings is more important than being right. And that's true, too. You know, if you're in the game, like, keep it consistent so it feels immersive. That's a good point to make. Um, but then, like I said, after a session, if there was any type of debate with that rule or second-guessing from yourself, thinking that you might have something wrong, or a player, look it up. You can always change it and then go, oh, shit, that's how you do that. Okay, moving forward, we're doing it that way. I apologize, but you know what? At least we did it the same every time, and it, it made fair sense to me. Uh, but now moving forward, we'll do it exactly that way. Um, and that's how you do it. You know, it's no stress, no big deal. Um, yeah, and Kayla agrees with that. Kayla Dryle. Rue, uh, see the rules more as crafting material, um, not as a blueprint. Yeah, exactly. Um, feel free to change anything you don't like just by the book. Uh, has its issues anyways, like fabricating a tech bag with a couple tools inside. 500 EB takes a week, but the same tech can build an agent 100 EB in a day. Yeah. <laughs> Well, because it depends on what's in there, but it, yeah, it's, uh, you can adjust any of that stuff if it's going to be easier. You know, the other thing too is whether you're fabricating from scratch or maybe you're taking an old agent and then repurposing, you know, via like the equivalent of SIM, SIM card or whatever, you know what I mean? Um, so it might have something to do with that, you know, it, uh, devil's in the details there, but you can always make it your own. Exactly. And RTG encourages that. Like there's, they have no problem with you 
just making sure it's fun. Um, I like to have uh, Rue says I like to have visual reference for my players. I'm a GM with my pals and is all on all in Spanish. So sorry for the scoffed English. No problem. This is online, man. It doesn't it doesn't matter. Uh, uh, even if you spoke English, uh, people type like that shit online. It doesn't matter. I understand it, and I type like that, like that too, uh, especially like with chat when you're trying to be quick and stuff. Um, no sweat, man. Uh, let's see. Yeah, and I'm the same way. I like I like to have visual references for my players. Like even when I, you know, we I, you'll see I do all my actual plays. I use Roll Twenty. I love it because it's free. Um, I don't like spending money on a virtual tabletop if I don't have to. Um, just, you know, life has been hard lately. I'm going to be honest, you know, the pandemic and all that stuff. Uh, but anyways, I love Roll20. It's free. Um, and one thing I love doing is incorporating maps for when I hit combat. You know, I'll, I love role playing and setting up situational uh, uh, role play where we can rely on, you know, conversation skills and persuasion and all that cool, like, you know, solving a mystery, figuring it out. Who, who do I talk to? Let's role play a little. Let me do an accent or something. You know, I love all that but only when it's balanced and contrast to the opposite, which is the action, you know? Um, so I like to do balance, but definitely you'll see in my in my game uh, using uh, Roll20, sometimes I'll put up like an image. You know, the, the my one shot, uh, Renegade, if you remember, you're here in chat, so I'll, I'll mention you, but uh, when you first got hired by Ling Po to go on tour or whatever that, you know, fake front of a tour so you could do jobs for him along the way uh you went and met him at his new restaurant so i would i like pulled up that cool image with like the aquarium around i put like the sirenscape aquarium sounds and shit and the music so you're like in a restaurant that's actually surrounded by an aquarium and you went into the private room and the sounds changed again so it's like i put up those visuals but then sometimes like you know if they enter combat like you know once they got on tour they went to a club and some shit went down or they had to go here and do something you know ex- extract a person i'm not going to tell you how that went or what that was about um, but then I'll drop in the map of the place so you can measure meters and distance. So, you know, what your DVs are for charts when you're using your weapons. So, um, I'm visual, even, even with the role playing, I'll put up images and stuff to spark, uh, the mind's eye, you know, uh, let's see. I GM, I GM, let me see. I GM'd once, uh, this is Kayla Dryle. I GM'd one CP 2020 campaign for four years, dozens of characters coming and going, not a single Netrunner. I even picked up the old Netrunner card game and to use as a faster alternative to the regular rules. Exactly, yeah. No, I think it's a common thing with 2020. Uh, there was not a lot of uh, Netrunning going on. People did not enjoy it, uh, so it just didn't happen. <laughs> and I understand it 100%. Um, and Roos is even just a little token of the enemies makes a lot for the imagination. Yeah, exactly. And that, that too, like I love putting in tokens of the enemies and NPCs or like, you know, you bring it up, you blow it up before they engage like above the map and the players see it. They can kind of see, oh, it looks like a corporate guard. Oh, that looks like a booster ganger. You know, it just sets a little bit of a vibe. It helps your mind's eye think of the people you're, you're engaging with and the place you are, your, uh, your environment. You know, and another big part, like I've said it before, I'll say it again, sirenscape, those sounds. So it's not just visual. Audio helps a lot. I'm, I'm sorry I crashed my player. I, I'm doing them no, no justice during the stream. Uh, but I had that advanced copy still loaded, I think, of that uh, that um, 
block party that me and Val did the voiceover work for. Um, so it was crashing. I couldn't keep it going. But that's a big part, too. Put up some visuals. And like I said, some sirenscape sounds. Like they entered this restaurant that was surrounded by an aquarium. And it was all blue and elaborate decorations. And then there was, like, these sounds going on of, like, aquarium and water bubbles and shit. And, like, some tranquil music. And, like, I don't know. It just sets a mood. And all of a sudden, the players, you can envision it. You feel like you're there. It makes the game more immersive and way more fun that way. Let's see. Where can I find that bad boy? Looking for that those the net running cards. That's funny. Um, Renegade says also the Yakuza funeral. Yeah, that's what I, yeah that's what I was talking about. Um, oh, you put up pics where the Thunderdome and that fatal session exactly. Yeah, the Yakuza funeral. Like as you were coming in, I put up actual Yakuza. Like I found online uh, free domain pictures of the Yakuza. I went into my Surface Pro and I drew like. Uh, EMP threading on on all the characters and gave some of them yellow or red glowing eyes and shit, you know? So then I put up that image and you're coming in, it's all this Yakuza and actual like decorations from like an elaborate funeral that they were doing in a big festival. Um, but they all had like cyberware uh, EMP threading and shit. So it just set a tone. Um, and then the Thunderdome one going out to the Nomad camp, I actually took some uh, uh, BTS uh, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome pictures and made that Thunderdome encampment, the nomad uh, camp. So that was a lot of fun. <laughs> and it's funny, right when I pulled it up, I was like, oh my God, they have their own Thunderdome. Like, yeah, I was like, no, that actually is Thunderdome. <laughs> That's funny, but everybody was awesome. They were all role playing that pretty well. That, that was a great, great session. I'm not even going to say about, you know, David Noir, the rocker boy. Holy shit, what a crazy uh, session. Um, PWB, my homebrew 2020 net turned out to be very similar to red. Nice. Oh yeah. Well, you know, great minds think alike. Maybe you were, uh, you know, thinking a little ahead of the game there. Um, and Kayla Dryle says eBay, the old TCG is from the nineties. Yeah. Probably if you're going to look for that, the cards, um, yeah, I, I would definitely say eBay. Um, also some groups on, you know, Facebook or just online in general, some forums maybe. Awesome. Well, yeah, if anybody has any more questions um, about GMing or any of this stuff, um, that'd be cool. Otherwise, I'll wrap up this little AMA session. I think we, we really dove into a handful of great uh, GMing sort of things. Just giving the chat a chance to catch up. Um, it's a little slow on my end. Keep that in mind, too. Anybody, whenever you type in the chat, you got to you got to give me 30 seconds or something like that. I think it takes a moment just for it to get over here to my, uh, my streaming platform for me to see it. But, um, but yeah, other than that, I'm, I'm thinking about doing these AMA live sort of, uh, streams, you know, possibly once a week, at least leading up until we're filming, uh, in May. And then we got to fly out to film in uh, the beginning of June, but thinking about doing this almost weekly and just going into different, uh, like I said, real time Q and a back and forth, you know, GM tips. Uh, intermixed with just ask me anything, you know, like, like we did earlier, like I'll talk about whatever, whether it's the filmmaking, the, the being a touring musician or, uh, my businesses, any of that sort of shit. I love talking about all that stuff. So whatever you guys want to want to talk about is cool, but yeah, I think I'm going to do it once a week. And let me see Kayla Dryle says, by the way, uh, by the way, name was close enough. Oh, okay. When I came up with the name, I didn't really speak English at a decent level. Okay. So I guess what I'm saying, uh, Kayla Dryle, I guess it's not exactly that, but it's close enough. Okay. <laughs> well, at least it's close. At least I'm not being a complete asshole here, you know, calling it, uh, completely mispronouncing it. 
Um, yeah, and Eric says, this was cool. I would tune in to an AMA again for sure. Hell yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, and everybody else, I really appreciate y'all tuning in, uh, you know, uh, putting questions out there or just doing some back and forth chat about uh, the different things that I see posted to our Discord group or, you know, questions people message me over the course of a week. Um, you know, I always reply to people. I help them out. If, if, if you've been one of those people, you know that. I always make time for everyone. It doesn't matter if it's in the middle of the night, the morning, daytime, afternoon, uh, weekday, weekend, holiday, whatever. I don't give a shit. Like, I'm, I'm available. Like, I'm, I love cyberpunk. I'm constantly online and promoting um, and working on new content, whether, you know, all the different series that I'm putting out or interviews, content, crash course tutorials, live gameplay, other jams, whatever. So, um Message me a question if you want during the week. I'll, I'll give you the answer, and then uh, maybe I'll, I'll put it aside for this live AMA. Um, and then every week we'll kind of dive into some of these things, you know? Um, and then aside from that, don't forget when I was talking about the movie thing, uh, Stankmouth, what was it? Helitosis, The Legend of Stankmouth. Uh, go check that shit out, literally that shit. Go, ch- <laughs> go check it out on Amazon Prime or Tubi. Um, I think, it's like I said, it's on other uh, movie streaming uh, platforms, but that was my first film that got actual... Uh, distribution. I'd appreciate y'all checking it out. If, if you can tolerate not a B, not a C, but a D level movie, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's all shitty and just gory and whatever, but it, it was a lot of fun. You should check it out and you see Val in it. I also did the voice of Stankmouth. Um, so anytime you hear Stankmouth speak, and I use the word speak lightly, you'll see, uh, it's me. <laughs> I'm so talented. Um, but anyways, yeah, okay. Val Mulligan, my beautiful wife, says, awesome, always. Thank you so much, PWB. I like this AMA idea. Hell yeah, I do too. Um, Rue Shady, well, my dude, wish me luck. It's time for me to get my stuff done for tomorrow. Hell yeah, Rue, good luck. Go have fun with that. Um, I got some things to prepare too. Everyone keep in mind, tomorrow I'm doing the next episode of Night City Live. We're going to talk about entertainment so all about entertainment in Night City. We're going to talk about McCarthy Stadium and clubs and just different ways uh, that people are entertained in Night City. And you'll see. It's all about that. But tomorrow we're going to do that. I, th- I want to say uh, 2 p.m. We were, I think we're going a little bit early. We're going to do like a 2 p.m. But i got to confirm. It's me and Lobster Falcon. And I think Simon, the wandering DM, confirmed he could make it. I need to double check that. Uh, but that's tomorrow. And anybody that's curious about any of the live streams or VODs or whatever, you know, follow Cyberpunk Uncensored here on Twitch. Uh, subscribe to Cyberpunk Uncensored on YouTube. And make sure you you join Cyberpunk Uncensored uh, on Discord. I have a calendar channel there, and I'm constantly updating the calendar so you can always see, you know, all the cool shit going on. Uh, 2 p.m. would be great, Renegade says. No, I know. Uh, anybody overseas or in those time zones, you know, I, I try to do some earlier streams sometimes to give everybody an opportunity to tune in without having to stay up to like 3 or 4 a.m., which I see you guys do sometimes, which I really appreciate. <laughs> yeah, and Renegade, Simon would be awesome too, he says. I agree, 100%. So I'm going to go try to confirm that, and hopefully I'll see everybody tomorrow uh, for the Night City Live episode. Uh, other than that, Thanks again for tuning in to my first AMA Live, and um, we'll do it again in about a week, hopefully. All right, take care.